Above and Beyond, The Real Estate Show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Above and Beyond Real Estate Show. My name is Ralph Ciencio and today we are so excited. We've got the CNC team here. We have Colin Noble, hey, hey. realtor extraordinaire. We have Miss Carly DeBeer. Still here. The queen of everything <laughs> we call her. And uh, we're going to have just a, a, a chat today bringing you up-to-date information of where the market's at here in the GTA, the real estate market. And uh, we're going to have some uh, some discussions about where we're at and where we're possibly heading. Honestly, I've said it on individual podcasts. These are two of the smartest people I know in all of life, let alone specific to real estate. So I'm really interested to kind of debrief where we are at and uh, where we're heading with uh, two brilliant minds. Thank you. And uh, we just got a note, quiet on the set. <laughs> quiet on the set. <laughs> Producers uh, waving at me. Yes, thank you. <laughs> but we're back. We're back. I'm excited. Great. I'm excited. It's the first uh, podcast with three people for us. So yeah. hopefully this adds a new dimension to discussions yeah. and yeah, everything. So yeah. you know, it's funny because it's kind of thematic of, of how the company is is structured, our culture, which is you know we talk about the idea of canny. You know, it's constant and never ending improvement, and that's really our, our our way of thinking. And we're looking at this podcast really the exact same way we're approaching it is the way we approach everything else we do mm-hmm. is how did it go what went well what didn't how can we improve mm-hmm. so trying with three people is great yeah, no, yeah I agree. we always work off each other anyways you know in in a team environment you know somebody <clears throat> comes up with an idea someone else makes it better and then we continue on yeah onwards and upwards yeah. so it's been a wild week a uh, couple weeks into september now today is actually the day we're filming is september 21st actually first day of fall is it is today yeah, first day of fall? So. yeah the 21st yes. or 22nd mm, 24th i think Hmm, I don't know. I know, know. I know that summer solstice is Siri June 21. Either way, that. nights are getting colder. <laughs> nights are getting so, super cold. So fall is definitely dark. here. The nights are colder. The market's heating up. Uh, you know, I'm just wondering what you guys think about the market. What have you noticed? I mean, Carly is kind of the queen of everything. Has her hand on the pulse, definitely. And our client experience, but also incoming calls, inquiries, and uh, number of showings. What are, What are you feeling? What do you What are you feeling? Yeah, I see a lot of clients reaching out. There's still a little bit of uncertainty, wondering if they should, you know, get in or get out. Is it time for them to sell? You know, can they buy at a great price before the, you know, the market is closing or their rate hold is up, which is what a lot of people are worrying about now because, you know, the interest rate just went up by three quarters of a point. So people want to really maximize on what their mortgageability is right now before it changes when they have to update their I like that name, mortgageability. Again. I don't know if that's a real word. I don't think it is, but we use I it I think that that's an awesome I word. I use it yeah. all the time. RCH, we use mortgageability. Mortgageability. Yeah. It's yeah. actually a tongue twister. It's something I think about all the time, right? The maximum amount yeah. of crushing debt you can hold over your family's yeah. head <laughs> and still go on vacation because we don't want to yeah. be house poor. Yeah. Everybody says that. No, <laughs> totally, uh, totally. But it's uh, also, yeah, it's a good point. The mortgage rates for sure because some people have been on the fence to see what the Bank of Canada is going to do. Now we're seeing another increase. A lot of people that I've speak that I have been speaking with have rate holds until end of October, so they're now all of a sudden coming out of the woodworks and going, "Okay, now is my time. I need mm-hmm. to purchase now." Mm-hmm. So I think it's creating a lot more competition in the market for those who were on the fence. Um, same same thing with sellers. I think sellers are noticing that there's more buyers out there right now. There was a condo in Toronto last night that had 50 offers on it. 50 offers. 50 five zero. It's insane. Which is un like, haven't seen crazy. That like that was in like in the, even in the peak market. But was like, it legit offers. or do you think it was just? Uh, I think it was. I think it was a marketing strategy. The listing agent certainly listed it much below market value yeah. just to I don't know, get traction, get people through. So yeah, we've seen that. We've seen that. Uh, you know. 
for years, yeah. realtors have been holding back offers at a you know artificially low price to mm-hmm. try to build up this momentum. Mm-hmm. And you know, if a property is listed, like what was it listed at? That property, I think seven ninety nine. Seven ninety nine. Yeah, I think it's probably worth was a million bucks. Yeah. So, so twenty percent below market value. Yeah. And the challenge with that, I bet you, if if we chat with that listing agent, because we've seen it mm-hmm. like, literally hundreds of times. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, as the listing agent, we get to see all the offers. Mm-hmm. As the buying agent, you only get to know your own offer sure. and the winning offer. For sure, those are the only two <laughs> offers. You and know I bet you, forty-five of those offers were stink. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. seven twenty-five. And then there were probably five of them that they worked with. Right? Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. And um, that's you know that tactic. Name of the game. You know, works sometimes. We've seen it also fail in the last six months. We've seen a lot of people try that and fail miserably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But you know what it does tell us unequivocally that there's 50 buyers for a condo right now at $800,000. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a transparency in the marketplace. For right? sure. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, we're seeing it also in detached homes here in Markham. Yeah. Uh, we had a we had a client offer last night and there were, I think, there a was dozen 10. offers. Yeah. Yep. 10 to 12 offers, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I mean, things are certainly picking up. Yeah. Um, we say the fall market is is here yeah i think it was here two weeks ago yeah. but, well, you know uh, it, it, traditionally we would see it the market would open up seven to ten days after the start of school right and you know we were noticing people now in my own family life we're in a routine we're kind of getting lunches ready in the morning coming home at the same time and you know all the excitement of the end of the summer has passed and i think people generally start to think about their future and say okay excitement is gone let's look to our future do we want to be in this home past the holidays and for anyone that wants to be out of their current home mm-hmm. now is is a popular time for them to have the starting discussion should i buy or should i sell right mm-hmm. right, right so they can start in january in their fresh uh school district if they are changing <clears throat> yeah for mm-hmm. sure yeah. for sure and then it's always the should i buy or should i sell we're getting a lot of that question right yeah. should i buy first should i sell first yeah what, what should do i do I, first? what should i do first right and that's mm-hmm. always i think that's probably the number one question that we get yeah. Whether it's a buyer or a seller, because yeah. if if you're selling, you're probably moving somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Oh, should I list my house now? Should I buy now? Like, what do we do? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I know, you know, I think that we've had lots of great discussions with our clients, and I don't think there's really a right or wrong answer. Right? Well, I, I think that there. I agree with you that there's no one right or wrong answer, but I do believe that that for every family, when we factor in everything in their life, there is a right or a most likely right and a most likely wrong right? answer yeah. for them. For sure. Mm-hmm. But there's for no sure. one answer that works for everybody. Right. 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 So if I were, so, hey Ralph, how you doing? I'm uh, excellent, Colin. I'm, Thank I'm, you. I'm doing a podcast I'm right now. How about you? Sell my, <laughs> I'm, a little busy. I'm looking for to sell my home, and I uh, I noticed your your reviews online. They were fantastic. Oh, I really you. want you to sell my so house. So many reviews. So, but should I should I buy first or should I sell first? Yeah. So you know when I'm having that conversation with clients, you know should I buy first or should I sell first? I usually describe it as you're going to have to push a button. Both buttons hurt. Mm-hmm. So you have to select which button hurts less for you and for you. So one button, imagine we have it. It reads sell my home for a little less than I think it's worth. Mm-hmm. And the other button says live in a home that I don't really love or buy a home I don't really love. And the reason why I break it down that way is because if you were to take the strategy of I want to sell first, then clearly you're not pushing the uh sell my house for less than it's worth because logically if your home is for sale and you're not under any undue pressure you're not going to sell your house you're not going to accept an offer for less than you really right. expect mm-hmm. right oh there'll be another time. better offer just along, wait right? or yeah. you'll mm-hmm. take it off the market yeah. right so you're mm-hmm. not going to push that button mm-hmm. um but you know if you decide to do that and you get great money well then now you have 
the situation where you have to buy a home and you may be forced right. Right. to Before buy a Before your closing home. date, right? So, exactly. Yeah. So if you have, say, for example, most common is 60 days to 75 days is the most common gap between when you sign the agreement and your home is sold to when you actually close on the home, physically move out of the home and collect the monies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you sell great, if you sell first, great, but then now you have a fixed timeline and if the only inventory on the market is like a B or a C on your list, you're forced into that decision. Mm-hmm. So I would say, you know, you're either gonna sell for a little less, be prepared to sell for a little less than you're hoping, or live in a home that you don't necessarily love. Right. Now right. The, the opposite of that is, hey, I wanna buy first, and if you buy first, obviously you're gonna buy a home you love. Mm-hmm. Right. But that forces you into the risk. It's not always a guarantee that you're gonna sell for less, but you just have to be ready for it because that's the consequence. Right. If you're you forced to sell, there, you yeah. may have to lower your price. Right. Or sell it all. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, I mean, it would that's be a horrible happened. situation, but I mean, like, you you purchase a house, you list your home for sale, and you're sitting, you know, 30 days goes by, 45 days goes by, 60 days goes by, and there's no offers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's when panic sets in. Yeah. And then what do you, like... Creative thinking. As, as a consumer, like, how, how, yeah. do, how do you approach that yeah. situation? Well, right? Actually, if we're seeing, you, uh, you know, the tail end of the difficult scenarios you know carly and i have been talking about you know the the shift in the market from when interest rates started to go up mm-hmm. and you know then you have this six month window where people are caught in transition and we're seeing the tail end of it where people are you know at the point where they're saying maybe i can't close on my home and it is it's extremely stressful mm-hmm. it's not common mm-hmm. that people do not close on their purchase it's mm-hmm. extremely uncommon mm-hmm. because the punishment the rep the reprimand Reprimandation? Repercussions? Repercussions are so huge. Yeah, Yeah. so bad. Yeah, Yeah. we had friends, you know, they bought peak of 2017 and they were so excited about the house. It was like in King City or something. So obviously it was expensive Mm -hmm. and they were selling a small little bungalow and they were like, they bought literally the day before it crashed and then they couldn't sell their house and then they had been paying off $400,000 of the difference right because they say they bought right. for 2.3 right yeah. and then the they had to relist their home sold a month after the peak right because you're right after you might get 150,000 100,000 it was a month and a half after the peak they sold for four hundred thousand dollars less wow. for 1.9 right so then they were yeah. paying off four hundred thousand for I think like five or six years so they had to stay in their little bungalow you know and they were so excited for the new house and just finished yeah. paying it off and hopefully they yeah. bought now, but yeah, yeah, it happens. It does. It, you know, that, that risk is always always there in any real estate market. So when the market's roaring, there's still risk. When the market is dead, there's still risk. When the market is flat, there's less risk. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's mm-hmm. the safest time is when the market is pretty flat because there are times that we could quite accurately predict the sale price of a home. like For sure. Within like yeah. 20000 yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In 15 years in selling real estate, I would say for about eight of those years, I could within five thousand dollars tell you what your home is worth like with like a high degree of confidence yeah so that's pretty well 50 percent of my career the other 50 percent of the time we're just trying to be as close as possible right Mm -hmm. Right. um it's like a really expensive game of the price is right (laughs) (laughs) Right? it's uh yeah yeah, it's super uh, stressful super stressful without going over but you only go over for selling you got it yeah um you know so i guess with, with with that lens is how do you how do you mitigate that risk? How can how can we as as professionals guide clients or if you know someone's watching this or listening, how can they avoid the risk of do I buy first or do I sell first? 
think it comes down to their product and like what does their home look like what other copies of their home are currently on the market and what are they looking to buy right if they have a one bedroom condo in markham you know 600 square feet 630 square feet there's probably 25 or 30 of those on the market at any given time you know there's different quality levels different locations how convenient they are and then if they're buying say something under a million they're still competing with all those first-time home buyers mm-hmm. right that don't have 20 percent down you know as opposed if they are able to go over a million there's less competition there mm-hmm. right so it, it really depends yeah. yeah i think ultimately it really depends right it depends on their risk appetite it depends on their financial situation it depends on their family dynamics if it's a divorce like there's so many different things mm-hmm. involved right in the in the, in the decision I think ultimately, as a professional, we want to educate them. We want to let them know what their risks are. And mm-hmm. we want to inform them with as much information and context as possible so that they can make the right decision. Yeah. Ultimately, we, we can advise and do everything we can. But it, at the end of the day, it's their decision. It's right? like a huge so, disclaimer, right? As realtors, like we yeah. spend so much time disclaiming. Yeah. We're just in the back room. You might lose your house. You might go over there. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> so they're like, what? Did you say something? like <laughs> I, 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 I watched TV uh, on vacation. I was uh, watching some American channels and it's like every third channel is a drug. And there's like... Oh, yeah. a All lady, the side effects. Make us... Yeah. yeah, a lady's on like a horse running on the beach and it's like a headache medicine or something. And they're, and just, they're just saying horrible, Your horrible might words. Your yeah. yeah. might stop beating. Yeah. And this lady's like hugging kids. Yeah. The information of, of the prescription is like... A 20 second clip and then the side effects is like a minute and a half right while they have b-roll at the same time of the happiest person ever and then they're like ask your doctor i'm like am i I supposed to be telling my doctor about drugs like i don't know if i'm supposed to be the news source for them on uh it's a different world down there the ads are the ad laws are definitely different we should should, can we create like uh rch like nice smiling faces while we just say all the risks involved <laughs> yeah. in like the process. Buying you know? and selling your house. <laughs> yeah. the risks. This is something. That can be. Yeah. But you know, yeah. it's funny because we're talking about the risks as a negative, but there's risks can actually be positive. Totally. For sure. And you can go to the casino and there's risks that you lose, but there's also a risk that you win. Mm-hmm. There's like, mm-hmm. I still buy lottery tickets. Do you? Don't yeah. tell anyone I, that. I, yeah, hey, hey, but yeah. if it's above fifty million, I'm buying a bottle. Lo- I'm buying a lottery. So yeah. if, if it was just like a measly <laughs> twenty million, twenty million, you're like, what are you gonna do with twenty million? You're gonna buy yeah. two houses. I want fifty. Yeah. That's it. But the risk is, like you were saying, yeah. you lose seven bucks or you yeah. win. But 50. and that's the thing is in real estate, you know, there's a chance that you sell. Uh, sorry, you buy first. You buy your dream home. And if, if, you, if you're doing that transaction now, and we mentioned right now, like mid or end of September, it's generally the, the beginning of the fall selling season. Mm-hmm. And that should run until the last week of November, first week of December. And it's the second busiest selling season of the year. First busiest, most busy would be in the, the spring. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you sold first, you would have your your pick of the litter because I expect a lot of inventory through October and November. Mm-hmm. And... You never know. Maybe if you, if you, uh, for example, if you sold first, if prices came down, you'd be the winner, right? In that circumstance, mm-hmm. or if you bought first and prices went up, mm-hmm. say for example, you thought your home was worth a million dollars, you bought a home for one point two million mm-hmm. with a ninety day closing. Mm-hmm. Well, in that you know thirty days before you put your home on the market. If it goes up a hundred thousand dollars or hundred and fifty thousand dollars, like you're almost at par with your dream home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we've seen a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That's what we call speculation, right? So what are we thinking now? 
uh, I do think that the market is 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 rebounding. I do think that there's a lot of appetite for real estate right mm-hmm. now, and I think that people have gotten used to a five percent interest rate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say they're used to it yet, but I think people have come to accept that this might be the next couple years. 12, 12 to eighteen months. Could I, be. I, I think. I think that's what's what's got the market. I think a little bit more relaxed is that they're saying, okay, this is going to be this way for a while. Mm-hmm. The first interest rate hikes, you know, both, you know, all governments, you know, I say American and, uh, and Canadian uh, federal banks were saying like, oh, this is just short term. It's just short term. So I think some people were saying, oh, I'll just wait it out. If I wait six months or eight months, then I'll get a better interest rate once it's coming down. For sure, but everyone's definition is of short term yeah. is different, right? Mm-hmm. So we're... We've discussed this, the three of us have discussed this many times, like back not that long ago, 20 years ago, let's say, 18% interest rate, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so in the 80s, yeah. Like yeah. 5% is still relatively cheap money, yeah. so I was right? Cleaning like, my we're office. just so used to 0.51%, yeah. and now all of a sudden we're 5%, and people are like, oh, like, this is crazy. I was cleaning but, out my office, and I found my first mortgage approval, like the mortgage approval for my first property, and it was from back in 2007. And it was for five point three five million. Yeah. Sorry, 5.3. <laughs> wow, that's a big house. That, it was for five point three five percent. Right. And okay. I I remember thinking that I got the deal of a lifetime. That was yeah. a smoking interest rate. Yeah. I, I told my wife, sign the papers and let's run out of the bank. There must be a mistake. Right. right? I was so yeah. happy with that yeah. rate. And then now we have clients who are, are humming and hawing over five point one zero percent or five point zero nine. Yeah. I'm like it's all about yeah. perspective. It is. Absolutely. It is. And, and the reality is, I do believe that irregardless of what's happening in the short term, we talk about Ukraine, we talk about inflation, we talk about trade wars in China. All these things could put pressures up and down on interest rates and on currencies, right? But the big, big picture is that there's way more people, and I'm talking about the baby boomers, mm-hmm. you know, our yeah. parents' generation to say, mm-hmm. that have money. And that, that money is greater, in my opinion, than the amount of people that need money. If the baby boomers was the biggest generation, mm-hmm. in 1979 to 1981, they were buying their first home, mm-hmm. right? And ask your parents, when did you buy it? My parents, mm-hmm. exactly in that timeline, yeah. mm-hmm. bought yeah. their first home. So this is like the biggest portion of the population needed money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then interest rates went up to like 18%. Mm-hmm. And then they went down a bit in the 80s. 1989 to 1991, that's when they were buying their family home because they mm-hmm. moved out of their first time home buyer home right. and were buying their you know two-story detached homes. Right. So the baby boomers then put a huge pressure on the, the demand for money. Mm-hmm. But now they no longer have mortgages. You know, 30% of Canadians don't have a mortgage at all. Mm-hmm. So they're actually suppliers of money. Right. They're not demanders of money, mm-hmm. right? So that's why I don't think that in a like, really macro sense, interest rates are gonna gonna stay low primarily based on supply and demand. There's more people that have money than there are people that need need money. And what I'm saying could be cut up in lots of ways. There's a ton of people that need money, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying from an economy perspective, there's a lot of people that are putting money in a bond for you know, 2% or 3% and they're putting millions in there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that could be cut up into a lot of little mortgages. For sure. Yeah, for I think sure. the hard thing now is even those people who need money, who wanna buy a house, you know, first-time home buyers, you know, immigrants coming into the country, they don't have that down payment, mm-hmm. right? And they don't have the proof of income to get the mortgage. So even if they wanted to, which of course everyone, you know, has a dream of buying a house for the most part, um, they they still can't get it. So um, 
yeah, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Right now, we're pretty level, which is nice. You know, yeah. it is refreshing, and I think that's what caused the shock from what you were talking about earlier. The condo for seven ninety nine. Everyone was like, for three months, we were listing the property, you know, over or right on what the sellers wanted. And people got used to that, you know? People used to be used to underlisting and yeah. overselling, and now people got used to listing and buying somewhere around that price. Yeah, that's very and I true. think this was one of the first guys, probably not the first, of course, like whatever, um, but who really underlisted it for the first time since March, February, mm-hmm. right? So everyone was like, oh man, here's my chance. I'm going to buy something, you know? For sure, but we just did it recently. I mean, last week we sold the property in East Gwillimbury. Mm-hmm. So East Gwillimbury, about 40 kilometers north of the city center, yep. right? Toronto uh, city center. Toronto yeah. city center. Yeah. And some people would say, wow, East Gwillimbury is so far, and it's not. I mean, it's I mean, it's all about perspective. Mm-hmm. But right out the highway, you know, after the expansion kind of through COVID where people moved, you know, they didn't have to be at work every day. Yeah. Areas like Queensville, areas like Holland Landings, areas like Barrie, areas like, you know, uh, Bradford. Milton, Bradford, they New exploded market. because mm-hmm. they were close enough that you could still go to a Leafs game if you wanted, mm-hmm. but far enough that you don't have to go to work every day. So you may as well get more land. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we held back offers and we were successful and we sold way over asking. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, but the we were way shopping. under. Correct. And we I We were maybe under by like 80 to 100. This guy went under by 300 grand. Yeah. 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 For sure. He went. But it still stands. And it's also from a price sure. point perspective. He went down to like the entry level price point, mm-hmm. which I would argue is somewhat malicious too, though. I think there should be some. I've always said, I think that the real estate board should make a rule that if you list your home below market value and you get that price, you have to take it. Cause I'm yeah, pretty sure like a threshold of yeah. like, if you get an offer like that, you have to yeah. accept. I'm pretty sure if I was sitting in a million dollar condo and there was the chance that I had to sell it for the seven ninety nine if it didn't work out, a lot of people would not do it, right? Mm. Right now it's a it's a it's a win win scenario for the sellers. They get a thousand people through their place in a week. And if they don't get the price they want, they don't have to sell. Right. Right? Yeah. Which makes it you know, difficult for buyers and, and you know, advantageous for sellers. Right. But I right. guess that's the open market and it's part of what we have to deal with. Educating yeah. the clients mm-hmm. to tell them it's not a seven ninety nine property, right? It would be hard to monitor that though. Because they yeah. could just be like, Oh, I didn't know, you know. For sure. I've for only sure. been in the industry. Well now so many <laughs> new agents are coming in. Yeah. What, like a hundred percent of the agents that were already licensed are then gonna be coming in it to yeah. the industry yeah. we're in doubling. the next year. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna be doubling. So then I mean there's going to be a lot of, you know, yeah. oh, I didn't know. I, oh, it's whoops. a theoretical yeah. wish yeah. of mine, you yeah. know. It's uh, I, I think it'd be cool. But, I you know, I guess that the moral of the story is if you're educated and you're prepared and if you were going to see that condo because it was in the right location and the right product for you and you knew the market value sat somewhere at around a million dollars and you saw and you, you were well aware and transparent, there's nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. I just don't like the idea of buyers being misled or misguided, for sure. thinking maybe if I if I really do well, I can get it for you know seven fifty or seven ninety. Yeah, sure. mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So I guess that the context of that is if you're working with a great agent, they should be able to provide that information in a contextual way, right? For sure. Yeah. Before you get there, so you know what you're walking into and you know what to expect on offer yeah. day. Um, yeah. Then there's no hard. Well, it's the discussions we were having last year, right? Yeah. yeah. The exact same can thing I buy this house? Yeah, can well, I buy this? actually. Well, my budget's a million. Okay, we'll look yeah. at homes listed for 800 or below. Yeah. Right? Like or even just, just like telling them what that house would look like, you know. Yeah. It's going to be a three bedroom house with this much frontage, this, you know, and these this level of finish. Yeah. That's how you had to describe it at that yeah. time. Yeah. Really? 
Yeah. Um, now it's a little bit easier. Hopefully it stays that way. So I know we were talking about the idea, should I, should I buy first or should I sell first? Yep. And I'm curious for anyone watching this or listening, what do you think? Would you prefer, are you more comfortable selling first or would you buy first? Enter in the comments below. While you're there, be sure to like and be sure to subscribe. We love the support and also any comments on how we could make this next episode even better than the one we're currently in. But, uh, I'm not sure how we're running on time, but I, I, uh, I think uh, I, we owe you both a huge thank you. This is a we exciting owe you a thank podcast. You. This is great. Thank you. Thanks yeah, for being on the show. So and uh, and by all means, I guess as we wrap up, uh, any final thoughts or anything else um, you guys like to share? Well, I think I, I'm excited for the fall. Yeah, I think it's uh, wheels are turning, uh, team teams firing in all cylinders, and yeah. I'm excited to um, you know get get through it so yeah. well, the uh, the fall season is uh, is one of my favorite times it's a, a change in season and um mm-hmm. you know look forward towards the you know winter and the holidays and uh but doing with some great people so yeah uh, with that being said awesome. thank you all for watching and uh, as i mentioned I want you to like subscribe and comment below we'll catch you soon thanks so much for watching thanks